blockchain experience, experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. Welcome to the blockchain experience. Bringing dope content to yeah, the yeah, audience. Yeah. GM, GM, and welcome to another episode of the Blockchain Experience. I'm your host, Meta David. We are on to episode number four, which is crazy because it feels like the new season just started. But yeah, we are on episode number four. So our guest today is none other than Ed Balloon. Ed's a man of many talents, an artist, a musician, and just recently he became a generative artist too. He had a drop recently on Prohibition, which is a gasless on-chain generative art platform that is powered by the Artblocks engine. Uh, highly recommend you check it out if you haven't already. As for Ed's collection, it's called Beauty Supplies out of Durag. So he shares a story behind not only that collection, but his own personal journey as well. It was super fun to talk to Ed and just like listen to a story and his journey into Web3. So I'm sure that you guys will enjoy the interview as well. So we'll get to that. And then after that, we'll get into the shout outs and recognize the people who minted the last episode of the podcast with Mitchell Chan. But before we do all that, a word from our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to display your NFT art in the physical world? Look no further than Token Frame. Token Frame's patent high quality physical displays start at 10 inches and run all the way up to 55 inches. They're truly built for authenticity. Just sign in with your wallet, connect to Wi-Fi, and cast your NFTs. It's really that simple. And best of all, no subscriptions. Token Frame supports Ethereum, Polygon, and Solana with Tezos on the way soon. It's no wonder they're trusted by OpenSea, SuperRare, Nifty Gateway, and more. Start flexing your NFT art by visiting tokenframe.metadavideth.com. Again, that's tokenframe.metadavideth.com. Ledger is the smartest way to secure crypto holdings. Their hardware wallets are trusted by over 4 million customers. Ledger can be used to secure, store, and manage over 1,800 crypto assets. Using the Ledger Live app, you will have a one-stop shop for your crypto needs. Buy, sell, exchange, and grow your assets with Ledger's partner securely and easily. Stop getting your wallet drained. Head over to ledger.metadavideth.com and take self-custody today. Ed, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Even though you're a well-known personality in this space, can you introduce yourself? Am I? I don't think people know me. I'm kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> Everyone knows you, Ed. <laughs> I am Ed Balloon. Ed, for short, I am an artist, work in many medium, from visual art to music to dance. I'm in all these things. Um, and just really recently just got into gen art, so um, which is another medium, which I was introduced to, you know, through the Web3 space. And so I am just here learning and creating and and... And yeah, um, that is Ed Balloon. And I am also half of a band, um, one part of the band. Um, it's me and my bandmate, Dave Chapman, who is usually behind the scenes, uh, but is my right hand, my business partner, as well as my bandmate, tend to do things, um, bounce ideas off, off, off each other. And, um, you know, I'm usually the one who is like um, in, in the front and he's usually the one in the back, you know, and so... He's not really good with crowds and stuff like that. So we that's how we work. We work really good <laughs> with things. I think, I guess I am good with crowds or people or not. Depends. Um, but um, but yeah, so that that is Ed Balloon and, uh, in short. Well, I can attest to the fact that you're good in crowds because I've heard you on podcasts, seen you in video streams, seen you in person also a couple years ago at an NFT NYC event that Froke was hosting with uh, Rug Radio and you were doing an amazing interview with uh, Diane Sinclair. So I can definitely attest to the fact that you are very good with crowds. And you did, I missed it, but you were also at a Dead even though I was in Dead Fellows, uh, you were at a Dead Fellows uh, performance also, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, I, I performed at Dead Fellows. Uh, shout out to Dead Fellows, Betty. It's like, I love the Horde. Uh, proud owner. But yeah, I was a able to perform at the Dead, Fe Dead Fellows event in Brooklyn, which was incredible. And, I, I wish you were there. I, I I can't really explain it. It's 
other than it was um, really an experience. It was something where I was like, this is what we need to be doing. This is what everyone should be doing. Like, you know, things like this. And and so uh, I, I also just love the fact that Dead Fellas, to me, still has a space where um, they are very unique. Um, it's it's the, and it's in the culture of them. It's you know, they they care so much about you know, you know things that really matter to people. And but also, it's just like come as you are, and that's that's what I love. Because I think as an artist, why you just oh in the world, why you're just always boxed and you're forced to be certain ways. And you know, Deathfall is like nah, like you know. And so that was what I experienced. That's what you know, Betty and Psych, you know, bring off. And so even in that, like in that uh, event, I was just like, wow, it was, it was, it came to life and it was so beautiful to see. And it was also so beautiful to be a part of. So, so yeah, I wish you came. Cause then you would have saw Dave who is uh, a part of the, uh, my team. And you know, he's always, he's a guitarist uh, in the band as well. So, so yeah, but next time there'll be many more God willing. Yeah, I'm going to definitely make it a point to uh, attend the next one. I couldn't because of the last one because it started kind of late and I live in New Jersey, technically, like not in the city. And, you know, I had my uh, daughter who was a couple years younger oh, yeah. back then. And actually, that day, there were like mm-hmm. five events all at once. And mm-hmm. really depends on where you are. Like Brooklyn is kind of far if you're like, you know. It is a little bit of a track, you know? yeah, for And so you have to like, you have to really pick and choose like. If it, I was always just like, okay, if I'm going to do anything in Manhattan, I stay in Manhattan. Um, and then once I cross that bridge, everything needs to be in Brooklyn. And if it's not, then I'm done for the day. Like, that needs to be it. Like, I can't, <laughs> can't be going back and forth. It just... Yeah, we New York people, and I, I'm technically a Jersey guy, but we're very particular about the tunnels and the bridges that we cross over here. It's a big deal for us. So for those of you outside of the metro area, you might not literally think about that stuff. But for us, when you're crossing over like a tunnel or a bridge yeah. or what have you, it's almost like you're going to a different country. So we're very mm-hmm. particular about that. And here in the New York metro area, it's like you've got three states uh, all very close together. Maybe you can even argue four if you consider Pennsylvania also. No disrespect to Pennsylvanians or anything <laughs> out there. But, I mean, it's just like they've all got their, like, separate areas. And nice. it's very <laughs> Yeah, and it's very different where I'm from and where you're currently based out of California, which is, like, you hardly ever see, like, an out-of-state plate. When you do, it's almost like something that, like, oh, there's someone from, like, Nevada or there's someone from Utah. Yeah, and what? usually when you see that – they're being made fun of, like, oh, you can't drive. That's usually yeah. how it is in, <laughs> in New York or Jersey or Boston or like anything like that. It's like, oh, you can't drive. What are you doing? We clearly know you're not from here. Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> man, like driving in New York is is something. Uh, <laughs> but if you can drive in New York, you can drive anywhere, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, so you're a musician, you're an artist, you're performative, you do a whole bunch of things. Uh, but like, what got you into Web3? Where, how did you discover it? Yeah. So in short, how I got into Web3 was, it was 2021 August and we, me and my, t- like my band, um, we were like, you know, uh, we already had Ed B the Puppet. If you don't know what Ed B the Puppet is, it's a, it's a puppet, but it's really um, a stop motion character uh, made out of my likeness. Um, that I had made um, due to the, the pandemic. As a musician, as I, as I to- said, um, we were supposed to go on tour, but the tour was canceled because of the pandemic. So I, I had a character of my likeness made as a digital, to have a digital presence. So this is even before I knew about the metaverse. I uh, have a digital presence um, to like do like performances and stuff like that in the digital realm because I was like, I'm not a big fan of these Instagram live recorded performances and stuff like that. I need something different. And so that was something that I was doing. But then from there, we started doing skits with it um, because I got to this point where I, I couldn't really do music, but I wanted to say so much things. And it was really around the whole 2020 era where it was just like, you know, very, it was a very hard time um, for a lot of people, especially specifically um, Black people. And I had this, you know, idea of just having this puppet say these things that I wanted to say that I felt like I couldn't. And from there, we really had this idea of like making it into a TV show. And so we were getting a lot of traction of doing that. We made, we were able to get like this, the pilot script done and all these things, but then it started losing traction. And so I, I hit this, and then we were all supposed to go back on tour, 
But then the tour got canceled again. And so I was back to like this rock bottom um, era, like period of my life. And I just remember that year of 2021, like earlier about people and stuff like that. And I didn't really understand it, but I, it, it did, it was this curious, like it, it really did spark enough. Um, and then I remember tweeting something about like, does mu- is there music and entities? And they got no engagement and no one cared, you know? And I was like, okay. And I remember seeing something with Bobby Hundreds on I- IG and he was doing NFTs and I still was like, okay. And I still wasn't really like pushed in that way. And I had a conversation with my other friend named Chikudi and um, who was really cool with Pat Dimitri's and he's in the space and he actually, he's not, but he, he'll get there. We're trying to push him in there, but he was like saying, Hey, man, you should try NFTs and stuff like that. And I was like, why? Like, what does this, this doesn't make any sense. But then I read this article. It was this article that I read and it was really like, made more sense to us about community. We, that was the first time we heard community, but we didn't really understand how to make the community and stuff like that. We were just based off of just like, okay, maybe we just use our, our like fans that we have outside the space and we try to like onboard them. Man, thank God we didn't go. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we're not trying to still like onboard our fans and stuff like that from like the Web2 Web realm or space, but it is very difficult onboarding period. Uh, so, but um, what it really was, uh, was uh, me going into a Twitter space. Um, and it was after I had all like the, you know, the curiosity. Um, and I got into the Twitter space because I had COVID and it was, I was in, you know, um, isolation and I just, you know, was either on Netflix or on Twitter. And I remember I was following um, this um, woman named Brittany Pierre who we used to, I, and we actually ended up, we ended up hosting the BIPOC space together in the Web3 space. But, um, she was the one who was following me on Twitter randomly prior to me really coming into Web3. But I saw her and I, that's how I saw the Twitter space pop up on my feed. And I just went down it, uh, went into it, and then I went down the rabbit hole. And I've been um, down ever since. And so that's kind of how I got into Web3. I mean, from there, you know, I started doing like, you know, Twitter spaces. And at the beginning of like, like when I got into Web3, I was kind of known as the 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 dude who was hopping um, to every Twitter space ever. I was just so excited and I wanted to learn so much. Uh, so excited that I didn't drop until like, you know, f- five months. I didn't even have a wallet. I just wanted to gain all the in- like all the information in that I possibly could. But yeah, I, I, I was doing that. And, 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 and I, from there I was doing drops and started to like showcase like my, my puppets and all these things. So I went down, the, it was that, that got me really going down the rabbit hole and into the Web2 space. So it seems like your for, foray was starting off in Twitter spaces, right? And just being Absolutely. like a participant in yes. that. What was the catalyst that got you from going to like a participant in spaces into like, hey, I want to do drop here? Because there's a bunch of people that participate in spaces, but they don't like necessarily drop. So like how so was that? that was actually me. Um, I didn't drop until people. So I had a pen tweet. And my pin tweet at the time was, um, we don't want to say Twitter anymore, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to get out of that habit too, but it just seems so weird to call it X and I'm X. I know. <laughs> it's crazy because I think this is where it, you're going to be able to figure out who was a like quote unquote boomer and who isn't. Yeah. Lord. Um, when I, when that time comes, it's over. But anyway, um, crazy enough, I had this pin tweet. Uh, it was of my puppet, and it had um, it was like my puppet in the in the skit with David Diggs, um, and who was an incredible actor and, and an incredible homie of mine. Um, and uh, a lot of people were saying I would go into Twitter Spaces, um, and I would just talk. I was like, you know, you know, I was talking all the time, and people were like they were like, who is this dude? And then because um, uh, I wasn't really in the club, I, I wasn't in the clubhouse. Skip that one. Yeah. I definitely skipped that. Um, I tried Clubhouse and it just was not for me, um, which is crazy enough because I, I, I if I found it on Clubhouse, I probably would have you know been early enough to a lot of other things, but it's fine. Um, but um, people were like, "Who's this dude? He's just coming up on these stages and stuff and just talking." <laughs> and then they look at my pin tweet and they were like, "They were like, 
stop conversations sometimes and just say, hey, this is so dope. Who Like, you should admit this or whatever and stuff like that. So it, it was more of like people like saying, hey, you should like mint and, and, and do these jobs. And Pat um, Wagner, who was also like one of the co-hosts of the BIPOC space that me and Brittany were um, running, um, he was like someone who like really nudged me. He was like, hey, you really need to do a drop. I understand that you like doing these spaces and, and you know, you would like to, you know, give and stuff like that. But you need to, like, also let people know that you're an artist. And because I kind of also fell into that. I was like, oh, maybe. Because, you know, there was a lot. It wasn't even so much about, like, me being afraid to drop. Maybe I was actually afraid to drop because, you know, I came in really like, okay, I want to be, I want to drop. I want to be an artist. I want to do these things. But immediately was, like, went into, like, community building. And I was like, okay, well, let's, how can we build it? Like, I went straight to that. And and so that's why a lot of times it, it took a while for like I can't oh I also forgot to say I'm a community builder forgive me that should be you know but I am that but it took a while for like people to like really hone the fact that I was all these things I think a lot of times people were just like oh he's that okay wait he's that and he's that I think now people are just like okay Ed Ed does all these things and it took a while to get that to that point because um, <laughs> um, I was dropping the Ed Beater puppet like skits and NFTs. But people still didn't understand I was a musician. And then I did music. And they're like, okay, he's these things. And then they saw me perform live. And they're like, okay, no, he is these things. And then I did, like, I'm now doing Gen Art and all these other. And so people are just like, okay, Ed just does all these things. Um, and just don't box him. And it's a beautiful thing. It took a while to get here, though, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you wear many hats, although I don't know if I've actually visibly seen you wear hats, but yeah. or I guess metaphorical. <laughs> you're yeah. a man of many hats. So I loved what you said there because I'm a huge believer in that. And I've seen some people make this mistake a few times is that they come into the space and they immediately start trying to take. And you said something that's really paramount there in my eyes is that you have to kind of like give first and contribute and be a participant and understand the space and kind of build the community. And then from there, you can drop. And the drop isn't really to extract value, but it's just to continue in the spirit of giving and sharing a little bit about yourself. And I think that's one of the things that has made you such a successful personality in the space that everything you do is just like so authentic and it's with the intent to just continuing to provide and provide and you didn't just like come in and was like okay i'll take this or i'll take that and you know this that um, oh thank you yeah so what was your first drop because i've known about you for a while but the first drop that i was uh that i'm aware of is run ed run but i feel like from what you're saying this is that you've done maybe some other drops yes i think it that. was they were very small um very mm-hmm. small little drops and so I started off with like my, I actually did like it was a still and it was my puppet smiling. Um, I got the name of it. Um, I think T, that, something like that. But it was, I just wanted to like make sure that this, people were like, you know, willing to like, you know, purchase this, actually having the wallet, something that they actually could resonate with or have. And from there, I, I built on it. I was like, okay, great. This sold out. People liked it. Cool. You know, then I started doing my one-on-ones of showcasing, like, also, like, building the building its world. The Run Ed collection was another way of me also, like, introducing Ed B and all, you know, all the mediums that it's in. Of this, like, you know, with music, uh, voice, you know, uh, voiceovers, like, all those things that really go into this, um, this world of it. And then... You know, I also was going to use that defines which I am doing um, to make to make the short film. So, at least with the short film, like with with like its beginnings, it was you know the stills and and like these small little skits and stuff like that. Um, and one of ones um, was like the beginnings of Ed B. And so you could probably find them. I mean, you definitely could find them um, if you do a little bit, you know, of searching. I got to get my my uh, what is it called? My link tree together. I'm 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 slacking right now. I'll I'll get it together so everyone can see the 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 um the journey, the trajectory of Edby and the Web3 space. Yeah, if you get that together uh within the next few days, uh let me know and we'll include it in the show notes. I think that'll garner a lot of interest. Yeah, I know that yeah. right after we're done recording, I'm gonna go start doing some sleuthing and see if I can find them somewhere and beat everyone to the punch and maybe grab myself a few Ed Balloon <laughs> one of ones. Yeah. OG uh OG Ed B also has done um yeah he's he's kind of you know we also remodeled him in a bit too we gotta you know he was, was kind of like you know breaking a bit so we had to like remodel our puppet uh it's gonna be really cool when i do another piece with it um to see 
that <laughs> I'm like how 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 he also has advanced, you know, like people, you know, you start off looking, you know, sometimes weighing and you get a little bit of money, you can like, you know, upgrade. <laughs> Got a little <laughs> bit of, you know, digital plastic surgery, you know, you know, a little bit. fillers and yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So we'll fast forward a little bit because I know that you're probably eager to dr- talk about this is I know that recently you had a drop uh, called Beauty Supplies Out of Do-Rags. Absolutely. And yeah. That drop was on Prohibition. For our listeners that are not aware, Prohibition is a relatively new platform that is generative art, which is fully on chain. But what makes them unique, because there's other platforms are out there that you know do the same thing, such as uh, Bright Moments and Art Blocks, is that they're on a layer two. So in the case of Prohibition, they're using Arbitrum, so there are no gas fees, so it makes it su- super accessible compared to maybe some of the other platforms where there's, you know, gas fees that can kind of start piling up. So um, my question for you, Ed, is what got you into generative art? Oh, man. Um, so I think it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of things. Um, a lot of my collectors or collectors that I really am really cool with were in generative art. And I was always like hearing these things and then our blogs came up and then I came across Eric Snowfall, and Eric is an incredible person. I think he is, I think he, and I'm not sure if he knows, maybe he does. Uh, he is like, I would say he is a leader in the space. And I mean, like sure. a lot of us look up to him, um, not only because, you know, he's someone who has been here since the beginning, but also someone who really um, makes the space a, a a place to be um and and he really wants this place and people in the space who are building or creating to win um and you know um he's all the good things of the space <laughs> that we are trying to push out to the media um and so we like i think i i would definitely say even if there's maybe hate around with other people everyone loves him and like yeah. we protect him, and so like, <laughs> and so like <laughs> that is that is one thing. But um, I, I, yeah, like I I came across him, and that's this is what I've known. Like I, I just saw him as someone who was like um, pushing boundaries and helping people and helping the space and and caring. And then I also came across like his work, and I came across off blocks, and I came across, and then you know just going down. I'm like, okay, this is cold, and I was like, cold. Like, what do you mean? Because I did it, like, the run ad was generative, but not in that way. This is, like, through code, and it's on-chain. And I was like, okay, this is something. And I had to, like, really, like, get into it. And I was like, I would, but I'm all about, like, challenging myself and trying things new. But I also care about getting it right. Like, and I mean, not getting it right to the sense of just, like, oh, yeah. Does it doesn't look does it look good to everybody else. And that's going to be something I can talk about as well, because I was actually acting that way. And Eric who is an incredible person. I would say he's like my mentor. He was like, nah, this is not who you are. You better, you better figure this out. Um, and his nice, in the nicest way possible. Eric is so nice. Um, <laughs> but, um, but. So but, was yeah. he advising you on this drop or? Yeah, so pretty much. Okay. Um, what happened was we, I ended up like doing it. I was like, fine, I'm going to do a generative drop and I'm going to do something that's a music component and stuff like that. And, all blocks. Um, it was originally this drop was originally supposed to be on all blocks, and so our um, if we probably knew that we were going to do on like a layer two, we probably would have had way more freedom to do some other things, like maybe incorporate music to it. But it was originally for all blocks, and and I'll get into like why it wasn't on all blocks, and it was more like on prohibition, which I'm actually still happy about. But it, there was a uh, it just made more sense to be on prohibition versus all blocks. But in regards of like um, Eric and like how he was like helping me. So I got into like, you know, this and I was working, I'm working with a dev. I have a dev that's also on my team, um, Dan Chapman, incredible. You know, we were starting and I was just like, okay, I want this to be like this and stuff like that. And and I think I was just going for what looked nice. As an artist, you know, that is like really so deeply, that's not how I do my work whatsoever. But I was just more so just like trying to do something that looked like, look nice because I was maybe too focused on the music. And which is incredible, but these are art, art like the visuals deserves as much love as the music does, right? Like they both do, especially if you're doing both. Um, and so 
but I needed people to like be honest. And I remember like I we did our like first like iteration of what we wanted, and it's totally different. It was like it's nothing to to what we uh, decided to like drop. Um, I but I remember like sending it to Eric, and Eric is so like <laughs> he's such an incredible person. Um, he's so incredible that he didn't even know how to re- respond to me because he didn't want to hurt my feelings. But he was like, no, this is just like, and I mean, like, it was like, no, it's like, this is just not gonna, it's not gonna work. And I, he was like, but he was like, I really want you to, um, to really think about what you want to make. And I think for me, this, there was a lot of struggle of just like trying to like someone that does visual art and it's like really tangible and stuff like that. And here I have to like work with a dev and we have to, I have to be really clear about how I'm working with my dev. And so I get this visual that I think is going to represent what I'm trying to get to. And that verse, and and so that was the, always a difficult thing. And it was something I had to like really tackle, but I would say it's, it's really beautiful when you tackle it, when you find a way to approach it in a way, it was just like, okay, there's a lot of restrictions. How can I still get to get to a, when I, all these restrictions that are allowed. And what are some of those restrictions? Like, is it from a technical standpoint as far as like it, well, well, yeah, the amount of stuff they can like, put or, you know, there's a lot of things that you just can't, you know, I think is well, things, anything can be on chain, right? Sure. It's all about like, okay, how much money you want to spend for it to be right, on chain. Yeah. Right. And so that's really what it those is. Those are restrictions. And okay. so that's a huge restriction. And so until then you have to pretty much have find ways to code it. So it can be, you know, that that is how it can get cheaper and all these things. And so that was a restriction. And so I am someone who like, you know, the visual art is like with me dancing or like, you know, and these these are images, but that's so expensive. So how do you find ways to like talk about these things, like really like visually present these things without having a full image on? And that was really what I was doing. It was me trying to figure out how I could get these picture images in my head on these canvases on chain that still represent, you know, you know, that image. And that's so difficult. So when I was when it came to like, you know, beauty supplies out of do ads and box braids and locks, I immediately was like, I already knew shapes was, you know, something really, you know, was it, it made sense and like working off of shapes and things like that. And so I went straight to like, okay, box braids and boxes. And and from there, you know, I'm like, okay, we can we can stop from boxes. I'm like, okay, cool. Ken, is it way now to like make these braids? And that the braid was like so difficult, right? Like having to find ways to like, you know, my dev to do math to like get the curvature correctly. And 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 like, you know, the weaving and like, you know, the braiding and all these things. I mean, and, uh, animation, like all those things were like me just thinking like, okay, can we add this? Can we not? Okay. And like going with, I don't know if we can do this. Maybe we can. Let's try it out. Let's see. And and that's pretty much what it was. But with that being said, it also was a language thing. It was like me trying to figure out, okay, being clear. And it's not only with like words. It was also like me trying to showcase it. Like, I, I think the beauty of it was me seeing like, wow, like when you see an image, people can say, oh, this, it's so detailed. But no, I had to really make sure I was detailed with like, hey, this is how the braid goes. And like, this is what it is. It's looking like. On top of that too, my dad was a white man. So I was like, okay, we got to make sure <laughs> that we don't we don't mess this up. Okay, because I can't. And so there was a lot of, a lot of things that <laughs> I was working with. Uh, but, you know, I, I would definitely say getting to this point of like, to a finish point, like to, you know, like the final, uh, the final destination was like, Oh, it, it was beautiful. And even to the color palette, you know, uh, incorporating that. And, you know, I, I would definitely also say uh, there were other people I was talking to uh, who were, you know, as honest um, as possible. I think I love that. I love people that are very honest with are like, mm, I see what you want, but it's not there yet. And you're like, okay. And I'm someone that was like, oh man, I get really mad, but I'm all about, okay, thank you for being honest. I, I think honesty is even if you don't like it's tough love i'm from the east coast so like <laughs> it's it's what i need it's 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 something i know i need to continue want to go and to, to to continue on to move forward and be better um because i know yes man although it sounds nice um it does not help you be better and i can 
I honestly can read a yes man from a mile away. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so so yeah. To that point, um, what was I saying? I went on a whole rant, but it, yeah, it, that was the difficulties of it. Like really trying to like you know, uh, be articulate, articulate when it comes to like uh, or being clear when it, when it comes to like me really like getting um, the visuals um, that I wanted on these canvases on chain. So how long did the whole process take from like oh. beginning to end, from like idea conception to like all right drop? Um, so yeah, since I, we had pretty much a whole other drop, which, you know, as a time to a whole bunch of people and they're like, mm. <laughs> and, and I'm really, me, I'm just like, oh, yeah. like, you know, other people and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go back to the drawing board. It was like a year. It was like a year. I, I, and I didn't, you know, it, it's crazy because you don't think it takes that long, um, or it was going to take that long, but I found myself, you know, yeah, we're going to work on this. And before I knew it, it was, a, it was a whole year. And I said, oh, damn. It's a, wow, year. <laughs> a whole year in the making. That's funny because, yeah, I think for us collectors, we kind of think like, oh, it's, you know, a couple weeks or so, three weeks, max, month, maybe. But uh, you're the second guest, actually, that we've had to say the same thing in a row. We had Mitch Chan on our last podcast, who's having a drop today, actually, uh, at the time of the recording. Oh, it's awesome. uh, 816. Uh, and that's called Boys of Summer, and it's dropping on Wild. But what he mentioned was is that it was about a year process, you know, from beginning to end. And I was just like, oh, wow, uh, that's not, you know, a lightweight. Yeah, this aspect. took longer than my – and it took longer than my run-ed drop because run ed, I already knew what I wanted. It was there. Like, I knew how to get it. It was all those things. This wasn't – it was a, it's a whole new beast. And I wonder, I mean, and I wonder if it's going to be as long now because I kind of have this voice that I'm working with currently that I can build off of if I ever want to do any other project, but we'll see, you know, we have like something that we're probably working on. We'll be working on soon and we'll see how long that takes. We do have a deadline for that one though. So, um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so originally you mentioned this was supposed to be an art blocks project and then it went to prohibition uh if yeah. you don't mind sharing uh, how, what was the story behind um, that i think with it being not so yeah it was supposed to be on art blocks and how we got on prohibition was so art blocks has right now you know everyone it's it's weight it's so crazy because when i was like working on this like maybe like a year ago it was like a three-month wait now the wait is like six months or whatever. So it's really, it's up there now, you know? And when I did this drop, I was like, I don't know if I can wait six months. Like I need this out. And so, but we were still just going to like do it anyway. We're like, okay. Cause we didn't, we only know all blocks. All blocks still was the only one I knew about as a, as a, as a generative um, art um, uh, platform. So code based platform. And so, um, I was on Twitter because it was Twitter at this time. It's crazy. Uh, I'm still gonna call it Twitter. I don't care. I'm um, gonna call it Twitter. Yeah, the heck with it. <laughs> uh, but I was on. I was on Twitter, and randomly enough, I'm seeing prohibition, and I'm seeing oh, it's gonna be this new generative uh, draw um pro- platform, and I'm like, oh really? Let me make sure like this is actually and it's gonna be. But that's how it's gonna be on a layer two, and then I saw it was gonna be in um collaboration with Outblocks Engine. And I was like, okay, this is looking like I might want to, you know, see what's going on here. And so I just, you know, I was like, oh, it's still going to be on all blocks. And then I went in and Jordan, um, Jordan, um, who is uh, one of the founders of um, Prohibition, was talking. And he was like, he says something, a line where he's just like, I want this to be the punk of, you know, Web3. I just want to be like, you know, this platform, like the punk of general. I want all people to do it. I don't want it to have any rules and stuff like that. And we're just totally like kind of obviously with Oblox because there's like, there's a lot of restrictions also with Oblox than there are with um, Arbitrum Prohibition. Um, and so, because we were like, and so how we were working was more catered to like uh, how it would be on that platform. On top of that too, right, it's so much cheaper than it is on you know, Ethereum, right? So, you know, we're just working like, okay, this is what it has to be. And then we got to layer two, like, oh, wow, this is, we were like working on like the coding part was like, okay, we have to make this as cheap as possible still. And so, you know, we got to that point, but then we got to layer two and it was cheap. We're like, oh man, um, it is a beautiful thing to see um, because I was like, okay, <laughs> I, was, I was afraid. But, um, but yeah, like he said, it was like the punk 
part of like Web3. And that was something that really got to me because I hate boxes and I hate titles. And because all my life, I've always been trying to fit. It's just something that I'm just like, I, I, I stay away from because I think it adds pressure sometimes to people and all these things um, to be something that they're not. And so when he said that, I said, oh, you know, I like that a lot. I might have to drop on here, but I'm not too sure. So I talked to him and he was like, we really would love you on. And I was like, I need to make sure that you're about this. I need to make sure that you're about supporting this project um, because this project is my baby. And I think it's necessary. I think narratives are really important when it comes to art and we're not seeing enough of them. And I really want to make sure that this narrative is very strong and it needs to have that support. And he was like, I'm down. And he, he really was someone I saw that was really supportive. And I really just want Prohibition to win. And But I also, you know, found a friend and and the whole team was incredible. And I'm really happy of like about dropping it there. And, and so we dropped and we, you know, we did pretty well. And, you know, especially during, you know, the, the pressures of the bear market with it being on a layer two. Um, with people still like, like a lot of my collectors were like, oh, this is my first time bridging. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> and so I, I think I was really happy with a lot of people bridging and, and doing it and, and really enjoying the art. And, and, and yeah, I, I also am just really glad that I went with Prohibition. I think it's, you know, it was something where I needed to do. I, I'm glad that I did that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I, I really tapped into Gen Art. Yeah, it was. It's 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 really a dope medium, and now I'm I'm really down the rabbit hole of Gen Art, and I'm going trying to go to Mafra, and I'm trying to like you know be in this in this world as well because I think I want to add something to it. I you know I, if I feel like there's something lacking, I want to add to that, and 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 so you know I think I'm also finding my voice in it, and so and so yeah, I, I, I appreciating it, and and I I, I really give prohibition and art blocks a lot of just, you know, uh, I, I, a lot of appreciation for just getting that out there to a lot of people, because I think a lot of times too, a lot of folks, coding is not cheap and finding devs is not easy. So all these things that they're doing to like help people getting to this, you know, um, and, and into this, uh, this new medium is it's really helpful. So, so even though like I would, I would say like, if I, I wish prohibition was like maybe a year earlier, Cause then I would definitely like, you know, went straight to that of trying to find a dev and all those things or whatever. Oh, probably not. I already had a dev already. So, so no, I had, you know, my dev is like my homie and he was always on our team. So no, but you know, it, it was just something where it was just like, you know, I, if it was there early, I would have like, okay, you know, really like, you know, uh, went straight to that. So, so I'm glad to see, see it there. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing so many drops on it and it's so dope to see. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think for prohibition, it was a huge boon for them and a benefit to have someone of your stature to come on there because you're a recognizable name. And for a lot of us, including myself, that was kind of our gateway drug into it, uh, into Prohibition, oh. because we're familiar with art blocks. We're familiar with on-chain, but we weren't necessarily at the time because it was really new and you're one of the first artists on there and a highlighted one. But we know Ed Balloon, though, you know? Uh, so. I was like, okay, let's dig a little bit deeper into this. And then like you go through the process and you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And then you discover this whole new like other layer, like you were saying, they have a whole bunch of like cool drops on there uh, after uh, yours. And they've been really like picking up a lot of traction yesterday. Uh, Snowfro actually announced that he's having a, a drop of his own in tandem with uh, Jordan as well. Uh, Hearts and Crafts, I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited, I'm excited right? in, in typical uh, Snowfro fashion, which is awesome. It's like only 0.01 ETH, super accessible. Yeah, and I yeah, spoke to him about that. And he was like right out the gate was like, I really want, it's like our art should be accessible. He really wants art to be like, you know, that was something he, he's really like gun ho about. And so I'm, I was really happy seeing the pricing and seeing the work. And I was just like, yeah, this is, this is, this is down his alley. This is exactly what I was expecting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to like copying one. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to it too. So your uh, drop, it was called Beauty Supply is Out of Do-Rags. And I know that you have an interesting story that you told us about for uh, on Twitter Spaces a couple yeah. of weeks back when you dropped. Could you tell our listeners about it? Yeah, so Beauty Supply is Out of Do-Rags was something that I had to like get to. And I really appreciated Eric. And I, you know, I, I just, it, this just came, it happened. It wasn't so much about like 
I went back and then, you know, I found, this is what I wanted to talk about um, after talking to Eric and, you know, going back to the drawing board. What happened was like, when it went back to the drawing board, I was like, okay, we put like, we put working on this project kind of on halt. We kind of got busy with other things and I wanted to do a one-on-one. And so I did a one-on-one of my, of this, um, of one of my music videos, which is currently on Super Rare. It had my hair and, you know, and my locks, which are locks, but I ha- manipulated them into like a tree. And, uh, and it was called, the piece is called Trap Balls on the lock tree. And I had, you know, me and little like balls on my, you know, on my, in my hair, but it was like a tree and it was really cool. And, and, um, yeah. And I, but I really want to like, you know, uh, showcase that. And it was me. Um, I remember like the trader who was an incredible artist in space. She did a piece, a collection called hair strong. And it just was like, and I was going through like these things, but I was looking at hair and I was like, Oh, this is dope. And I really want to like, you know, pay homage to like, you know, black hair and the strength of it and all these things through my, in that music video, uh, in that piece. And I remember doing that in my collective. Some of them were like, you know, oh, this is kind of weird or this is like off or, you know, um, and I still, you know, still get it to this day. Like people still don't really think it, it connects to them and stuff like that, but it's still, one, it's for the culture and it's still my story. And, you know, as an artist, it's what you just have to, you know, that's what you guys have to take. I think that is why it's narrative is so important to me and why aesthetic is, you know, an awesome thing. But if there's no story under it, I don't understand why or what makes sense to me wanting to care fully, to be quite honest, because it needs to have that. But when it came to like, you know, this project of beauty supply, beauty supplies out of do-rags, um, I was immediately, um, how we got here was immediately like after that, I started, you know, thinking about like, man, this space, you have a lot of PFPs with do-rags. How don't they know that these do-rags that I'm sure a lot of these people are flaunting in the PFPs, you know, are used for the hairs like me? Oh, you know, like the people that have hair like me and and these things. And how are they, how is this, why is this disconnected? And so I was like, like, why is it weird when, how is it cool to talk about the do-rag? but not cool to talk about the hair or like what's up, like what's what's the problem there? So I said, okay, I want to talk about this because I found myself having to box myself. I found myself going to this box or this place where I was like really triggered where I couldn't get this job or talk or go to this interview or whatever if I had my locks in, if they weren't tamed, quote unquote, for lack of a better term, if they weren't tamed in a way that is appealing to those that don't look like me. And so I I went through this place of just like, okay, I'm going to talk about box blades and locks. And I'm going to put this on the blockchain and I'm going to make sure that this is there. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to showcase the beauty of it. And I want to showcase what this all means, like from the color palette to like how the braids are like formed, uh, whether big, small, like how these come about, like how it's beautiful, like how it's, how... There is pain when we get our hair done sometimes, you know, for the sake of trying to like, you know, but we also love like looking this good. It's like the sacrifice of, 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 for, for the sacrifices of beauty, right? You have to like give some pain, but to, to get, to get the beauty. And so, um, but it's also sometimes, you know, like having to like deal with your hair not being done and feeling that type of way. And as you know, I can only speak from the, the, the black male experience. I know it's much worse. And has been much worse for black women or a woman with, you know, texture of mine or even really texture when it comes to like of color, you know, when it comes to these things, things like this. And so, and so I really just wanted to want to get that narrative out there. And, and I was really happy to see the appreciation of it. I was really happy to get the, the DMs from people like me who were like, thank you so much for putting it out there. Cause it was also still a risk and it's always these risks that you, you, you know, you, you do it, deal with. I think in a space, a lot of times artists aren't really able to be artists where, you know, and I, I found myself doing that. And I really am thankful for people like Eric um, or just people other than Eric. There was like, I have inf- incredible friends like Amos, incredible photographer, but people were just like, okay, if you're going to do this, make sure you do this right. Like make sure you're really about this because it's hard. And it, 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 it it's also very difficult to like, especially for me, 
to really like tap into a place where I feel like it's going to be judged because of my differences. And even though I do it all the time, it still is a place that is still scary sometimes to do. But you just got to do it. I, I, I think I, I'm still an artist and I hate compromising. And if I'm not screaming on a Twitter space or whatever, I want to be screaming in my art. So why not? So was the story behind the collection different when you got that feedback from Snowfro or was oh, it kind of the same? Okay. Um, it was absolutely different. Um, and it was, I think it was, I wouldn't say like my thought process, like I didn't have, it didn't have any type of like meaning to the other piece. Um, but I would say that this one here was something where I was, it was like, okay, and have something to say. I think the other one I was like struggling with trying to find the meaning of it. And it also was representative of like me struggling to get the piece. Like, I think that was, if anything, it sh- that piece should have just been confusion. Because <laughs> um, uh, that was what it was. But with this one, it was clear. It was, okay. It, it definitely showed, and I was clear with it because it shows like, hey, I don't like, like, I don't like what's going on. I can see, I can identify what the issue is. I don't know how to talk about this, but I really want to talk about this. What are we going to do? And I got there and I was like, okay, I want, I want to talk about hair and I want to, how are we going to put hair? How are we going to put box weights and, 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 and locks on the blockchain? I want to do that. And I haven't seen anyone do that. And I know why. And we're going to figure out, <laughs> we're going to figure out how we do that. And so if anything, I also want to just let people know, like, we're out here. And like, there's other people who are, you know, doing incredible things like, uh, man, finger code and like, um, Mapan, like, there's just incredible artists as well who are of color who are like doing things like eggshells, like who are dope. And I'm just like, you know, if anything, um, honored to be a part of that as well. Yeah, I think what makes it so interesting is that you have a really compelling story behind the collection that's so personable and the way that you just like tied it to a recognizable feature as part of your identity, like the hair. Uh, so it just kind of like connects everything together really well. And to my knowledge, to confirm your point is I don't think anyone's had anything like that. Like, you know, uh, braids, uh, visualized in a generative art way, all stored on the, it block was the hardest I think- thing, man. And, and there's one thing about just saying, yeah, we were the first ones. Sure. I don't care about that. Really. Um, I, I really care about like, what's the purpose of it intention. Yeah, the meaning. I didn't yeah. want to be the first to do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I I would understand why. Like it was doing it. You're like, what? Can you like I <laughs> I went straight, but it was something that was like, wow, like it did make me think like, oh, why did why didn't anyone do this? Like, how come they didn't think of this? But it also just lets you know how many people are like in code and in general art code that are, you know you know, to have, you know, uh, my features and all these things, right? And what does that say? And maybe the narrative needs to really be out there. And so that was also some things too. A lot of these things were just coming up, just like, yeah, I don't see this. I don't see myself in this. Okay, cool. How do we, you know, really showcase this? Um, what makes sense to me? What do I want to get out there? What is this message? Um, what am I trying to do? All these questions, right, that I'm asking myself as we're, you know, we're creating this. But it was so difficult, like, even, like, trying to, like, get, because I was like, can we do this? Like, that that was a thing. Can can we do this? You know? And it, and that's so what I'm telling you. It's the satisfaction that you get when you're like, wow, we really did this. Like, I love looking at that to this day. It was, I think what's also so dope is, um, you know, this is my first time, like, doing a Gen Art project. And I really wasn't, I didn't really know that, you know, you don't see like the pieces until like every time it's generative. So like, I'm like waiting for people to like mint the pieces so I can like see each one. And so I, I think that's also really dope to see, like to get excited each time someone mints because you want to see what, like how, how the output is. Um, that was something that I was like, really, really like, uh, people talk about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't really understand what like, they're so excited, but sure. But like, now I'm like, oh, I get it. I'm so excited too. Yeah, I think it's such a cool mechanic because I think it works well for like both the artists because you get to see the outputs and then also for the collector because in a way they're sort of the artists as well because they're minting and they're part of the process and yeah. it's using a trip. And that to me is such an interesting concept behind generative art is that also the collector is almost like an artist in themselves, like they're part of the minting process. And I think that part's like really cool too. Yeah. 
Is there like a cool, uh, is there a mechanic going on with vinyls? I think I yeah. saw you tweet something about that. Okay, can you yeah. speak to that? And so, pretty much so, like with the Oblox, we're like trying to do it with Oblox Minute. Think it was going to be possible to do music because it was just expensive, all these things. And so we just were like, okay, how about we just use it as, have the music be a component because I'm a musician. And I was like, okay, how about we have it be, like you get a vinyl if you meant a piece. And so that was what we decided to do. Um, and and yeah, and so that's currently what we're working on. Uh, we currently just closed the mint. Well, not closed them. Well, it's we have to close it. Um, but we definitely already did the um, snapshot, and and so we're currently working on the website now for um, the the collectors to claim their vinyl. Um, and to I'm also really excited about this. Maybe a little bit more so because I want to see if my collectors, I love my visuals, also can connect with my my music. And, and, and so, um, yeah, you get to claim and then we'll be able to send the vinyl to, um, to, to each collector that has claimed and, and yeah. Yeah. As a collector, that was a pretty pleasant surprise because, uh, I think all of us were just minting it because we just vibed with the art and then, you know, that was a pleasant little drop there that we'd be receiving a vinyl also. So looking forward to that for sure, especially since I don't think. I have, like, I've always loved vinyls, but I don't have it because I don't think I have a way of, like, playing it. And also, I'm always worried about, like, how am I going to care for it, like, as far as exposure to the elements? Because it seems like now, so vinyls used to be, like, a practical way of playing music, but yeah. now I feel like they're a, pra uh, a way of, like, storing music and they should be uh, handled the same way that art is handled physically. Yeah, so that's uh, why I kind of wanted yeah. to do it, too. So I was, like, kind of yeah. going this thing of, like, man all the artists like, you know, who are like visual to a T right in this space, um, do physicals and like paintings and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a musician. My physical is a vinyl. So I was like, okay, let's, let's see how this works. And a lot of people like just have vinyls as a way of art. And I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe my collectors see that as, Oh, and this would be something. So yeah, that was something I also was seeing too. But I wasn't sure because I see it as that. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if others also see it as that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing it that way for sure. And then like my mental gears are turning when I read that tweet is like, all right, so maybe I should print out the one that I minted and then pair it with the vinyl and then like make a frame around it and like hang it and oh, how to dope. do something real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that that's way I cool. feel like it'd be preserved. Like I'd also make sure that's got like the UV rate. Uh, Definitely. If you do that, it. yeah, take a picture. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will. I want to see how people like are gonna, you know, what they gonna do with this vinyl. It'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I will tweet that out for sure, man. So, so you're now you're in the gen art scene as an artist. Can we expect more drops from you? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Keeping it a little bit close to the chest there. Like I'm just that, like, hey. yeah, I'm really toying with it, and I'm I'm seeing like what makes sense, and but I'm really also like, yeah, I I, I think I I'm I'm really trying to build off of what I've done and and create this world with it. And um it's a new medium for me. Um and and I want, yeah, just I I'm just like uh I I'm definitely down the rabbit hole and I'm loving it. I appreciate it so much more. And I'm having conversations about it and talking to people about it. But I care so much about narrative. And so I I definitely am someone if I'm having a conversation with you and you're only talking about aesthetic, I get really bored and real quickly. And I'm definitely looking at people in the gen art space. I mean, you can have, and you can, there's no judgment. Like you can like things just because you like them. Of course, that's what it is. But I do am, so I am someone who is just like, okay, like how many times are you guys going to go through something and just say it's cool because it's red? You know, I just need, I just, you know, I just need a little bit more. And so I like having conversations with people who have heard the artist's story about it and can like, you know, talk about it. Or if anything, like, get something add to their narrative of like the piece you know with their own experience with it you know have their own interpretation of it and like what it does to them those things really like you know capture me um uh with talking to um you know like people in the general space but one thing i do love is that one i i uh what i've noticed is that a good amount of them love talking about it um, the way that I, you know, I have said, said, but I also love that they really do love art. Like, I think a lot of times, you know, being outside the space, you, you definitely see like, okay, I mean, that's outside of the gen art um, space, which is in the wealthy space. You definitely see a difference of, 
okay, I'm buying this because I really love this piece. Versus, I'm buying this because of full price. And I mean, it's it's, it's still, it, it does find its way in there and stuff, but it is something just, it is like a cool breather of just like, oh, y'all just like this because, you know, it's like this. And you you definitely care about, you know, the artists and those things, but you all, you also just, you know, you really like this art. And that's something dope to see. Yeah, there's two rules I always emphasize on this podcast. And I've even mentioned on like TikTok videos and YouTube shorts is just, Buy what you vibe with, with uh, what you can afford. And if you do that, then you'll always be happy in this space. Uh, Absolutely. You know, but if you're like doing it for like investment and speculate, I mean, that's fine if that's your jam, you know, but yeah. you might also like be up at night because your bags are down or what have you, you know, but. If and I also just- think there's a healthy way to to go about it. I think mm-hmm. we've seen, okay, those who are just buying this for the sake of investment and like that and how you carry yourself, right? Versus someone who's like yelling at people and yelling at artists and you know those things are just not healthy so so oh. um you know i think there's a way of like how you how you carry yourself when it comes to those things i'm I'm for whatever you know i just want people out here building and creating a good healthy culture for others to be a part of yeah 100 percent. so i got a couple more questions for you as just kind of like a subject matter expert in this space so zooming out, uh, not this question isn't applicable to this collection, but just more broadly speaking, knowing what you know about this space, um, is there anything that you would go back and do like differently? And no. I ask this question just so that people like, you know, might have a learning that they can take back or. Um, actually, one thing, when I did my one ed drop, I dropped it during um, the ape other side collection. And mm. I think. <laughs> And that was the, that was a major event in this space. Yeah. And so I think that was like the beginnings of me knowing like, okay, when you do certain jobs, you want to make sure that you are aware of others um, based on just how the space is. Because it's still really small, right? And, you know, um, there's only a certain amount of liquidity um, that you, you just want to make sure that you do have the eyes that usually will see you if there's nothing else going on, that they are, you know, are, are available. So you know, just make sure you structure correctly. So that's the only thing. Other than that, no, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty good. Uh, I think I've, you know, would have done everything. Oh, and also make sure you really sign contracts. Like get those contracts really signed. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, really sage advice there. Just make sure that you you're looking at the whole landscape uh, when you're dropping and being strategic about that. Uh, one more question kind of along the same lines is, uh, so you've made that successful transition. I hate using this term, but like web two artists or web one, whatever you want to call it into like a web three artist. And, um, you had that amazing story about how, uh, I mean, it maybe wasn't amazing when you were living it, but you got COVID and you kind of had to adapt <laughs> a little bit and during the pandemic and you made that, you know, transition. So you're one of those successful artists that made that transition into web three. What advice do you have for artists that are kind of like crypto curious, web three curious, blockchain curious that want to maybe make that transition to web three? Like, do you have any like uh, words of advice or wisdom that you give them to kind of just, yeah, I always, for me, I would definitely say, fill it out, fill it out. I always, I want every, all the artists to be out here because I think it's a tool that's necessary, but fill out the tool. See how it works with you currently. See where you want to start with. Is it an NFT? Is it just community building? I think you should start with community building, of course, um, first, before you even get the wallet. Like, you know, just like, I think people should like build that community. And it's not even like building of just like, you know, oh yeah, I'm just building this to sell, but like really feel like you want to be a part of this. And, and, and maybe you can also like bring your supporters with you and stuff like that. And it could be a whole thing of like onboarding, but then also like, you know, and yeah, also getting this wallet together and all these things. But I just feel like, especially currently right now, when it comes to this bear, you're not miss. Like, I, I really just feel like, Hey, this is like a, a really good um, part where you can just like, you know, come in and like learn and, and see how things are going and, Maybe you can go to some IRL events. Maybe you can even perform at like, you know, some IRL events or, you know, meet some people, do things, right? And then, you know, really get in. But it I, I don't think rushing in and doing all those things, those never worked before, even when the bull market was here. And it won't work now. And I don't know. I think, you know, I want people to like really like have intention. Um, I because when you move with attention, it makes sense and 
you're not forcing things. And I feel like people force things sometimes. And as an artist, that's not what you need to do. That's I would think that's the first color to your career is doing things out of force versus intention. So I would want, you know, artists like really build that intention and, and to do things like, you know, intentionally and, and whether that's building a community and then, you know, from there, like doing their jobs and all those things. But, you know, but then also just using that as a tool and like seeing how it is. Like, I, don't, I know a lot of people do NFTs jobs, but maybe your job could just be NFT tickets, right? Like, you know, it's it really is like, how would you be able to use this for what you have going on now? Or, you know, what do you want this to be? Like, do you want this to be like, the driving force of your career or whatever. Like, you know, how do you want to, how do you want to use this too? Um, and so I just, or medium. And so I just want artists to like see all the ways to be able to use this versus this one way. Yeah. That's so interesting is that element of uh, building those connections first. And then I think, like you said, like uh, doing them in person goes a long way, but you don't have to necessarily do them in person, but uh, at the very least, you just have to build those uh, relationships and then also just being deliberate on how you're going to enter the space. And it doesn't necessarily, like you said, there's almost like a yin and a yang relationship between force and uh, intention and just going in with intent and deliberation versus like how you feel like you have to go in this way. And you can go in the space any which way you want. Like you said, that could be. Yeah, with, uh, it can be on spaces. I would also mm-hmm. prefer people going on spaces. But the spaces. Um, that I was going on to are kind of different from the spaces now. So I don't know. But I think okay. there are some one, some spaces that you can go to like to listen. Uh, we need more art spaces back. We're, we're, we're yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how I started personally. I think a lot of us did is we started off as just kind of lurkers and listening in the space and then starting to build that uh, confidence where, you know, we can start actually like participating and contributing. You might be a little bit more outgoing, I guess, and just kind of like, hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm Ed and just uh, not lurking as much. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's like I I said, there's different ways that can enter. Yeah, there's different ways that people can enter. um, And it's whatever, like you said earlier, is just do it with intent and not force. Don't force yourself to do something uh, because I think that can uh, adversely affect your authenticity. So, Ed, it's been an immense pleasure having you on the podcast and chatting with you for the past hour. Thank you so much. You've been really just an awesome person to talk to and an awesome person. Yeah, an awesome person just to track over the course of the past year and a half that I've been following you. So, again, it's been an immense pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your support and um, really appreciate you. Um, looking out and, and have you the support you have been giving um, since and and seeing me. Uh, um, I, I know I won't be in the places that I am or given the opportunities if I didn't have um, a lot of you all um, and, and the community that do support me. So I, I, I appreciate you all and, and thank you so much for the love. And that concludes the interview with Ed Balloon, just an overall talent and treasure in the Web3 space. So appreciative of him making the time to come on. So now on to the shout outs. Every episode of the podcast is available to mint on Nifty Gateway. The link is in the show notes. It only costs $1 to mint and that does include gas and is on Ethereum. Thanks to Nifty Gateway's super optimized contract. So why would you want to mint? Each time you mint, you get a shout out on the next episode of the podcast. Additionally, if you hold a full set, which means you hold every episode for the season so far, which currently I believe stands at four. You become eligible for cool perks. Uh, If you miss an episode, they're available on secondary, so you can certainly go back and purchase them if that's something that you're interested in. Anyway, let's get to it. First, I do want to recognize our whales who minted numerous episodes, and those whales are Arts Design, RJD Photography, Kaplui, Arthur Vinci 4584, which I believe is actually a new whale to the list. So welcome. And CL7. So there were five of you, Arts Design, RJD Photography, Kaplui, Arthur Vinci 4584, CL7. Appreciate all five of you so much for really supporting the podcast and stepping up and uh, minting multiple episodes. Uh, also want to, of course, acknowledge the people that have minted the episode. Uh, we really appreciate you. It goes a long way. So those folks are Goldcoin Admires Good Art, JML2222, CyberC, Inceptionally, Kevin Green 8419, Sir Goat, Andre Deco Life, Rooster Labs, DVD Dan, um, 
Did I do that right? DV Dan. All right. I think I butchered it for a second week in a row. Enable 92, Emil MTO, and Oscar Machinery, Photox, and last but certainly not least, Duchy345. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be Duchy345 or Duchy345. We'll go with Duchy345. So, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for minting and supporting the show. And you know what? I want to thank everyone who might not have been able to mint or purchase, but still listen to the show. We appreciate you so much for your listenership. And here we are at the end. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Please give us a five-star rating and review. It really helps the show. And I'll see you guys next time. Welcome to the Blockchain Experience Experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. Welcome to the Blockchain Experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. It's the Blockchain Spell. Bringing dope content to the audience